All right, Ben, I've got two pieces of follow-up, and I haven't told you what they are. I know. I'm, I'm eager with anticipation. First one is uh, the sillier of the two. Uh, I got this a lot. You wrote about this where Uber wants to buy Grubhub and, uh, you know, my Twitter stream, well, I don't know, several dozen suggestions that the merged company would be spelled G-R-U-B-E-R, right? There's the Uber from... That's right. Yep. And then the Grub. Only works if you think about it. You made the joke in the Daily Update, and I was disappointed in you because... And this podcast shows the folly of the whole idea. Like, my first thought was, ah, shit, I got to be worried about this. This is terrible. And then I instantly realized, no, of course not. This can't work because... Say them out loud. Doesn't work. Gruber Eats. No, because it's Grub. It's not Grub Grubhub. Oh, that's Grubhub. right. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it only works in reading. It'll yeah. It's only visually yeah. Right. Well, good for you. And also, you don't want to get it associated with like Obamacare either. Oh my God, that was the worst. <laughs> for people that don't know, uh, back when uh, what was so what there was a, a health expert or a doctor or something that was part of the Obamacare team. Well, he's still there. Yeah, his name was Gruber. John Gru- Jonathan Gruber. Right, he's, he's no, but he's J O N, and you know I'm J O H N, which is the real John. No offense to you, Jonathan's out there, but he he goes by John Gruber, and then uh, he was the architect of Romney Care in Massachusetts, which is actually a super successful program when Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts and got everybody in the whole state uh, health insurance, and was the blueprint for Republicans to actually lead the way to getting health care for all Americans, and then. <laughs> Well, that went south, and they ended up modeling the Democratic plan on this, and Mitt Romney himself wound up running against it. I mean, it's, you know, we could go on and on about how crazy all this is. But anyway, that guy, Jonathan Gruber, ended up opening his mouth and saying something really in politic, in public on stage, where he said that, uh, what did he say? I forget exactly. He says something about the stupidity of the American voter or something. Yeah. Like he called, he, 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 yeah, stupidity of the American voter he helped the law pass. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and if you really, really take it in context, all he's saying is that the average person is not very, you know, it's it's just like the old They're not, they're not highly informed about what's happening with politics. They're not following right. every thing that goes back and forth they just have big picture and they're partisan etc cetera, etc cetera. Yes, right. yes it's like the old carlin bit where you know and he's right where you he said think about the average person and how stupid they are now think about that half the people are dumber than that guy right <laughs> <laughs> but you when you're in public service you can't really say that and he became a genuine enemy of the right and the american people yeah uh the the sort of people who self-identified with the deplorables line and anyway, my Twitter became a terrible shitstorm because of people who assumed that at Gruber must be that guy, especially when, especially because it was John Gruber, right? Right. If you know, with the H or without, you know, which I can't even blame them for. Uh, and I'm verified, and I have a lot of followers, so it seems like that must be it. And also, we already established that they're all stupid. So right, <laughs> all right. So I used to, I used to tease them and. And tell them they would I would get a lot of this and then I would occasionally spend like half an hour responding to them and tell them that uh, wait till you see our next public health initiative taking away your guns. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That was that was <laughs> I don't know why either. Yeah. I did I didn't know what to say. Because I felt like they weren't coming, you know, they weren't gonna hold me responsible for it. They were gonna hold this other group very responsible for it. But anyway, that's my thing on 
Grubhub and Uber. They're not going to name it Gruber. Oh, right, follow up one. What, what is follow up two? When we talked about Quibi, we forgot to talk about what I think is the dumbest thing they're doing, which is that they have two levels of paid plans, $5 a month and it's like 7 or $8 a month. And the $5 a month plan still has ads on five minute videos. I didn't know that. This is the dumbest thing. I can't believe we talked about Quibi without talking about how stupid this is. Well, I have an addition to the Quibi thing, too, because I mentioned that I wondered if Jeffrey Katzenberg had ever heard of Facebook in the context of, you know, that's what you use to fill your downtime. I forgot to mention QB had no way to share content or anything about it out to social media. So, like, the number (laughs) one way where, like, you can't buy people forever. You have to get people telling their friends about it. And they didn't have any functionality to tell your friends about what you're watching or doing. Honestly, like, it's like. I'm not sure if he's if, if he knows social media exists. All right. On to the real topic, which is uh, what you wrote. What I want to talk about is what you wrote about today at uh, the Daily Update and Stratechery, which was about Facebook and Google and the sort of weird circle and regulation attempts. So, like, what's, so what's going on in Australia? This is nuts to me. It is nuts. Like they are forcing Google to negotiate with publishers about how much Google is going to pay them for being included on Google. And it's like it's like an order. And the same thing is happening in France. The France one is arguably even more bonkers because this happened previously, right, where the, in Spain they tried to make tell Google they had to pay publishers for being included on Google News. And so Google News just took Google News out of the market, said, that, oh, wait, right. how about we just don't have Google News at all? And, that, and then that, you know, that solves the problem for everyone. Well, it turned out that was bad for the Spanish publishers, and they all begged Google to put Google News back because Google News drove a ton of traffic to their sites, which they could then monetize with advertising. And so Google News was back in the Spanish market, and the whole thing was dropped. Well, so the French regulator looks at this, and this is all similar to what's going on in Australia, but I think the French one is even, (laughs) it kind of blows my mind even more. The French regulator looks at what happened in Spain and is like, okay, we're going to Google, you have to pay publishers, but you can't pull out of the market. You have to stay in the market. And it's like the the entire premise of these points, publishers keep saying, oh, Google is good because of our content. Google should pay us, et cetera, et cetera. If Google leaving the market means you leave money, (laughs) that means you have the flow of money and the flow completely backwards. Google is making you money. They're not taking money from you. They are helping you get more. And if you have to tell them to stay, in response to this, it's like it's like this circular logic that falls completely in on itself if you think about it for more than two seconds. And the thing that is so frustrating about it is I do feel that Google and Facebook in particular should be the targets of regulatory supervision around the world for various reasons. I think Google in particular, and I think you and I agree on this, that that the big problem with Google and from a regulatory standpoint, and and some some of the companies involved have brought this up, is using their their dominance in web search to favor their own properties. So you just go to do a regular Google search, and you search for a restaurant, and it favors a Google listing for the restaurant and keeps you in Google. I mean, maybe restaurants a bad example, but there's been some fishy stuff over time with what they do there. But this idea that they owe to publishers for linking to them is bananas. 
Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And they're, they're like the, the question of Google was very, very <laughs> acted very, very badly because when they built out sort of their local listings and stuff, they would like scrape content right. off of like TripAdvisor and off of Yelp. And that was really bad. They did stop it after the FTC sort of investigated. Right. I think there should have been more of a punishment or fine, uh, right. but at least they did stop that behavior. But even now, the, this sort of pushback and Yelp is goes on and on about this all the time is that what Google lists for their local you know, local results is not as good as what's available on Yelp. And that's sort of like a betrayal to the customer because they're not giving them the best possible results, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I get a little tired of Yelp's complaining about this just because at the end of the day, this drives all of Google's critics up the absolute wall because Larry Page said a while ago, maybe in front of Congress or someone else, that the competition is only a click away. And the reason why it drives them crazy is because the competition is only a click away. It's because it's right. totally true. You can go to Yelp.com. You can use the Yelp app. I mean, it was a few years ago, everyone's saying, oh, Google's in trouble because everyone's going to start using apps and they're right. going to avoid it. But I can at least accept that there's there's a debate here, right? You can say that Google favoring their own stuff at the top right. of search, given how dominant they are, et cetera, et cetera, is a problem. My problem with that is less that it, whether it's true or not and more the reason why Google wins is because users prefer it and they keep using it. And if you're trying to right. regulate Google when the actual problem you have is user behavior, you're kind of pushing on a string. But we can have that debate. Right. This whole thing about Google News is not that at all. It's Google literally doing links to websites and then they get more traffic. Right, because people are searching for you know news story headline of the day, hit return, and expect to find interesting links, and then they go and read them. It's not like Google is just republishing the articles from these newspapers without their permission, which would be you know it just be prima facie copyright infringement. They're not doing that. This is like the old school Google, like ten blue links that everyone says they they claim to want, right? Right. It, yeah, I agree. If they were doing like for search results now, if you type something like "how old is person Y," Google will display the result. Right. And you know, it, it's fair to have a debate about that. Is that good or bad behavior? They're not doing that with news. They're not like saying right. it is. They're literally just listing a bunch of links. I I find that very yeah. Very frustrating. Well, it's frustrating just because, it, to your point, there are things about Google and Facebook to be concerned about, but this isn't one. And it also, it kind of doesn't look really good for publishers at all because they're pushing this story. I was writing about this, you know, Ben Smith, who I generally think has been great as the sort of the new New York Times media reporter. Yeah. And it was kind of startling that he kind of laid out a very explicit sort of quid pro quo where right. media beats up on Facebook. Facebook gets a bad reputation, then Facebook starts paying publishers and publishers are happy. And the implication is now they stop writing bad things about Facebook. And then it contrasts that to Google, which won't pay publishers on the terms that they want. And so they're going to the regulators and basically forcing them to do so. And that is not a great look in general. And it's also problematic when it comes to actually like trusting what the media has to say about Google and Facebook in the long run. And also, if you're like Mark Zuckerberg, or Sundar Pichai, if it's like, oh, I can just buy these guys off. I don't need to worry what they say. That's not good for like society as a whole. It just comes back to a very common recurring topic in your writing. I've written about it too, but you, you've really gone super deep on it, which is the way that local news was a decades-long, maybe a century-long monopoly, and they got fat on having that monopoly access to the local market because there was no other way. There was no other way for your local department store chain to tell the people in your city what, you know, they've got a big sale on back to school stuff. 
backpacks and notebooks and pencils and all the stuff your kids need in August to go back to school, how else are they going to tell everybody that there's a sale other than putting big full page ads in the newspaper? And so the, the rates were exorbitant. And once that went away and they could target the people locally through the internet, I mean, and maybe full page ads for department stores are a bad example. It's classifieds and stuff like that, that really, really just took the gas out of the financial engine behind newspapers. To me, it's just sour grapes. And instead of figuring out how to make money in the modern world, they're just like, well, the money's over there and we should have some of it. Yeah, like there really is a sense of entitlement here. (laughs) I mean, like people hate the word entitlement. Uh, Nothing will get people more quickly. But that's that's what this reeks of, entitlement. Well, the money went over there. We should still have it. Yeah, and the the thing that people miss big picture is – Broadcast, you know, newspapers, the reason they won is because you had to produce them at scale, right? It took a lot of money to have that capability and to get the, you know, you had a multi-sided market with advertisers and subscribers and then you had all the paper delivery and, and the printing presses and all that sort of stuff. But it was still a broadcast model. You printed it once and then you you sent it to everyone, right? The difference with the internet is because it's all digital, you can make fully customized feed for every user. That's what makes Facebook compelling, right? right. Every, your Facebook looks different than my Facebook. It turns out which one is going to be a better match for advertising. It's going to be the customized ones. You can customize it. You know, the ads are customized just like the feed is customized. And, you know, so it's not a surprise that they're struggling. And what I tried to do in this article at the end was I wanted to tear this this piece apart. But at the same time, like, there is a real need to figure out what comes next. And there are things governments can do, to your point. Like, Google's interference with third-party advertising and the way they control the auctions for ads for publishing sites is very questionable from an antitrust standpoint. That's actually something that could make a big difference and, you know, making it possible to have like a new ad network, for example, that could actually challenge Google. As it is right now, Google is so dominant, like you have to do what Google says as a publisher. You can't kick Google off your site because your whole ad revenue will plummet because they're so intertwined in that. Like that's something that governments could really look into and do. This whole thing of like, no, we're just going to dictate how you run your business and flow money. If you want to give money to publishers, don't deputize Google to do it. Actually give money to publishers. Like maybe the BBC model is the right model going forward. I, well, that's fine, but let's let's be honest about it. All right. That's a good, and that's a perfect example of something that's been sustained. You know, it's certainly not internet era only. It's been the way the BBC has been funded for before we were born. Honestly, it was probably more questionable back in the day because there were clearly other ways. It was a government-granted monopoly in a space where there was plenty of ways to monetize, whereas right. now it, the, that model actually feels more appropriate than before because if you do believe that journalism is like a public good, but by virtue of text being free and zero marginal cost, et cetera, et cetera, it's very difficult to monetize. Well, sure, maybe we should monetize it as a society, but like we should decide that as a society as a whole – not be like a backdoor tax, basically, of Google to support journalists. I agree completely. 